It's the Matt Collins Show. It's the Matt Collins Show. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Hey. Hey, it's uh, it's episode 22, the double deuce of the Matt Collick Show. Um, yeah, coffee and cannabis, coffee and cannabis. Uh, I have I have drunk, I believe that's the right word, quite a bit of coffee this morning, and uh, and I have smoked a bowl of cannabis, um, and just kind of the last bits of a couple of jars. One one of which is Blue Dream, uh, the other of which. Uh, is uh, Rosetta, Rosanna, something like that. One of those uh, strains I've been seeing lately with the really, uh, really uh, super dark red, purple, almost black. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's 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 cool to see what that plant can do. Woo! Um, huge week for the show. Uh, it continues. Oh my God! Oh, one week has passed. Since uh, microorganism has has been released today is Friday, May twenty first, twenty twenty one, and uh, microorganism, of course, was released on five fourteen, twenty twenty one. So I hadn't, I, I didn't plan on on having these podcasts out after the album was released. In fact, I wanted to have all of them out before the album was released. And now here I am, one week after I did, in fact. Um, or after the album did in fact become available, and I, I have a different perspective than I thought I would have um, as I as I record this. Uh, I I didn't expect that a week would have passed as as I was recording episode twenty two, talking about what I'm about to talk about, which is uh, which is going to be the uh, the final third, I guess, of the story, uh, January first, twenty twenty one, till I guess today, uh, the release of the album and and beyond. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been a fun week. Uh, can you believe it's been a week? I I can't. Um, I I kind of wanted to get a thousand streams. Well, I I decided kind of on Monday. I I I think I I put a post out there on Instagram, um, saying I wanted to get a, a thousand streams. Uh, can we do it? Let's make it happen. Um, it, because at that point I I had just over 300 and i think now i have like 430 something something like that and uh, i myself have gotten <laughs> sick of listening to the album so i can't do it myself friends can you help me i i think um you know we're not at a thousand streams obviously on spotify but i think perhaps it is possible that uh, microorganism has reached a thousand streams altogether on the. Uh, I think it's available on like twenty or so streaming services. Uh, plus, it's available to purchase on mattcolic.com and bandcamp.com. Um, you can check out my artist profile. It will be in the show notes. Uh, it's everywhere on my website these days. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's available for purchase. It's available for streaming. I think altogether on, on the, the streaming platforms, it's, it's possible that it reached a thousand streams, um, altogether in the last week, uh, since it's been released. So thank you so much friends for, for listening to the album, for purchasing the album. Um, my gosh, I, I really didn't have too many expectations about what would, you know, about who would listen to it, how many people would listen to it. Uh, anything like that about having anybody purchase it, 
Um, I was so focused on just having it out there and, and everything else has just been kind of gravy to be honest. Um, but then also to be honest, I have to admit that, you know, there's so much fucking data available, so much, there's so many statistics, um, so much information that it's like stoking a lot of ego stuff for me. Um, like who's I, I can kind of tell like you know who who and also there the you know there's people who have reached out and people who have not reached out hey what's going on have they listened to it why haven't they listened to it are they mad at me ah shit and then of course there's all the family stuff and like um you know are are they listen have have they listened to it um you know I can see who's who's checking out the website but also like I I I, I don't know everything uh you know Spotify and the streaming services Apple Music Deezer etc uh and my distributor DistroKid um hey if you sign up for DistroKid uh make sure you use my link to get some amount off and then I get some kind of bonus out of that too so anyway I can see a lot of data and like with that data with that information with those numbers um it's really easy for me to tell myself a lot of stories, and I'm really accustomed to uh, telling myself a lot of negative stories about shit. So that's been that's been interesting. It's been interesting, and I guess uh, not entirely unexpected. Um, but also, like you know, like I said, I, I didn't come into this with expectations, but now a week has passed, and like, oh, it's really it's it's really easy to just go check out that Spotify for artists app on my phone. And uh, you know, see see if the, the the stream count has has risen. See if anybody is listening right now. That's a, that's a piece of information they give you. Um, like who is listening right now? Not who is listening, but you know how many people are listening right now. Um, stuff like that. I, I can see what cities people are listening in. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really interesting. Ah, so so there's that. Um, it's it's been going well. the he- The headline is I'm super grateful, and I'm I'm still like on a high about having the album out there, and and the response to it has been fantastic. And um, like we're still working on getting in in as many ears as possible. And like I'm I'm super grateful, and I and like it's exceeded my expectations. Uh, the response to the album so far, and um, I'm happy to have actually done a little bit of like promotion and and. <laughs> getting stuff out there and getting this podcast done has been important. Um, grateful for my ability to do that and post on social media um, and kind of give it a little little bit more of a push too than I, I expected uh, to have energy for or interest in uh, because I am proud of the album. I, I think it's I think it's pretty good and I think people uh, if they listen to it, if they're into this kind of thing, uh, will like it. Um, yeah, yeah. So this week of pushing the album, that's just kind of one thing. And, you know, that's that's kind of how it goes for the the traditional album release cycle. There's a lot of buildup and then the album comes out and, you know, there's kind of a, a little bit of a push after that. And then it, it just kind of dies down. But for Microorganism, <laughs> we're doing things a little bit differently. Um, this initial push, yes, it, it may die down. And, and I know people are going to continue listening to the album because, uh, again, it's it's good. And, and I think people are like, like have identified favorite tracks that they're like coming back to. And that that feels really good, too. And so um, it's got a little bit of momentum now. But Annie and I want to really keep it going with the uh, aforementioned uh, 7700 program. 
what we're trying to do basically is sell 700 copies, digital copies of Microorganism for $7 at least, um, and thus uh, get 5000 bucks. basically, you know, 4900 technically, but um, I'll add <laughs> another 100 to it. Um, and, and that's what we're trying to do. And, and it's, it's a way to kind of get people involved in, 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 in a goal. Um, and it's a way for like people to, and I want people to feel like this is, this is a community. This is family. This is like, like, come on board. Like if you're into the album, if you're into the music, then like, you're probably my kind of people. And I, I probably want to hang out with you. And, um, like, I think it would be cool to have you help me and like we're, we we like we can all make this world um, a little bit cooler. Um, I don't know. I, it's not like I'm saying I'm your captain or anything like that. But hey, if you dig the music, I've got an album out. Uh, listen to it. Spread the word. Um, you know, t- tell tell your friends about it. Um, if you leave the house, uh, just put it on your your streaming service of choice and, and repeat um, all that. And anyway, we're trying to make microorganism into a macro organism, more of a macro organism, I guess. We want to do a vinyl release eventually, um, and we're going to be going on the road. Um, that's a really, really big thing that we're now focused on in our lives is uh, hitting the road and uh, kind of spreading the word about the album while um, traveling across this great land of ours. <laughs> um, there, there's a lot of ideas we got cooking. We we haven't like kind of set anything in stone for it, but the headline is talking about headlines: seven seven hundred seven dollars for an album. Uh, this album in, uh, being microorganism, my solo debut. Um, pretty cheap, yeah. It, it, of course, it is only seven songs, but it is you know a, a full and. Um, satiating piece of music, I think, I think, uh, about 28 minutes, just shy of 28 minutes, uh, microorganism. So yeah, stay tuned for additional details about that. Um, the aforementioned Annie Sanchez, who you heard on um, episode 20 of the Matt Collick Show podcast, she's going to be coming back today on this episode, episode 22, to talk about um, her other, uh, one of her contributions to the album, Everybody Ascends, which is the album closer, track seven. Um you heard a pretty lengthy interview with her way back in episode 20, and uh, this is a little bit of that same interview that was more than a week ago, but um, she had some uh, stuff to talk about, specifically about that song. Uh, today we're going to get into, like I said, the uh, final third of making the album, January through today of 2021. Uh, if you haven't heard the previous episodes, this is a trilogy. Go and do that. Um yeah, we're going to be covering that. We're going to be covering the uh, final two tracks on the album, Jump on Top of the World with Me and Everybody Ascends, featuring Annie Sanchez. <sighs> yeah, I love the fact uh, this has been fun. I, I think I mentioned this on the previous episode. Close to, if not more than, six hours of podcasts documenting an album that's only about 28 minutes long. Really cool. All right, I'm going to take a break in a second. Oh, I want I wanted to mention um interesting how memory shifts and all that and there's also unreliable documentation. Uh, new things come up, new memories, uh, new discoveries, new things are found. Um this morning Annie was telling me she thinks she wrote Everybody Needs to track 1 on the album uh, later than what she was uh, sure of. Uh, she thought she wrote it 
in April of 2020. Uh, now she thinks it's more like definitely May. Um, she said she thought her belly growls, her heart aches. I, I think those are the words. Geez, I should have them seared in my memory. Uh, but you know the words I'm talking about. Uh, she's, she told me they were inspired by Brianna Taylor. Um, and she remembers writing them sitting on the sand in the bosque next to the river um, in one of those warm days of May last year, 2020, thinking of Brianna Taylor. So that's, um, wow, more, much more depth and information. And um, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm so, again, so, so pleased. So like my heart is so full knowing that Annie, my sweetie, contributed so much uh, and so much meaning to this album, Microorganism. Um, again, she will be on the podcast later. Stay tuned for that um, as I as as we go in depth on the track Everybody Ascends, uh, track seven on the album. Um, another thing um, I uncovered in a note um, about Everybody's Got a Beard of Bees these days, which is kind of emerging as the standout track on the album. It is, of course, the centerpiece. It takes up more than 25% of the runtime. Um, it's it's kind of an epic. It's kind of like, you know, a Pink Floydian slash Weenian epic uh, in a way, a kind of Radioheadian, perhaps. Um, this note I uncovered, it says, uh, it's just going to be a quick, fun, dumb little ditty. A ditty. It was just going to be a ditty, I wrote. <laughs> That was a note I uncovered recently that I don't know why I, 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 I failed to uncover it for the previous episode in which I went in-depth on Everybody's Got a Beard of Bees these days. Um, that's really funny. And I, I think I mentioned playing that live. And yes, originally it was going to be like a really, really fast punk song. Uh, but then I just like there were all these verses emerging. In fact, I cut out a verse or two. Um, I think I cut out the right ones too. Um, I, I was looking at them, like I say a verse or two, I think there was just one and then some notes about a second one. And oof. Um, I'm, I'm happy the verses um, that ended up in the song are the ones that ended up in the song. Um, yeah, it was just going to be like a quick little tossed off punk rock ditty and it turned into this epic thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny how that shit works out. So yeah, uh, this is the Matt Collick Show. This is episode 22. Make sure you, you check out all the episodes leading up to this one, especially 2021 and, and, and now this one. Uh, if, you, if you want to know all about the making of my new album, Microorganism, uh, listen to it on your streaming service of choice. Buy it on bandcamp.com. Buy it on mattcollick.com. That is the website, M-A-T-T-K-O-L-L-O-C-K.com. The Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Matt Collick. I'm... Uh, I keep saying I'm going to be putting stuff up there, um, and I will. I will. There is already a lot of really cool shit up there. You can kind of witness the evolution of me um, through the pandemic in a lot of ways that I, I didn't post about on social media, so that's interesting. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of shit there. There are bonus episodes of the podcast, uh, one in which I talk about some movies that were watched uh, during the uh, time period I'm talking about today, So, um, and it is... Um, yeah, it's just a, a. It's probably the best way to support me on a continual, continuous, whatever the proper word is there basis. Um, you can subscribe to me, and then I keep putting stuff out, and like everybody wins, and I can keep this thing afloat. And uh, yeah, we can make more albums. Woo. 
yeah, shout out to all the listeners, new and old. Glad to have you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so yeah, like I said, today we're going to be uh, covering January through today, the final third, the final push. Uh, everything had basically been recorded at this point. Uh, how do I pull it all together? Is it going to be any good? Can I actually do this? Uh, we're going to be covering tracks six and seven on the album, Jump on Top of the World with Me, and Everybody Ascends, featuring Annie Sanchez. Um, Annie's going to be talk uh, back to talk a little bit about Everybody Ascends, uh, more of my interview with her. All right, taking that break right now. Let's get into it as quickly as possible. Break. And we're back. Woo. It is, uh, man, all of a sudden kind of a gloomy day out. It's like we're getting monsoon season here uh, pretty early. <laughs> it should be like July, August, September, and it's, of course, only May. Ah, yeah, shout out to Justin, Justin Timberlake. Um, oh, a couple of things, guitar things. I, uh, I, I think I mentioned in the previous episode, episode 21 of the Matt Collick Show, that I purchased a new guitar, uh, a used guitar, but a new guitar for me, a Charvel ProMod DK24 HSH. I, there's, there may be more to the model number than that, but it's a basically a 24 fret um, uh, humbucker, single coil humbucker configuration guitar um, with a shredder's heel, uh, like a sculpted uh, heel of the guitar where the neck meets the body. Uh, so there's easier access for those uh, noodly, noodly, whittly, whittly stuff uh, notes and the, and the higher registers on the upper frets. Um, which really, I think for me, having 24 frets is a way to kind of make the frets past fret 12 more accessible versus like having those extra two frets. It, it just kind of opens up the, the rest of the neck a little more, which is something I'm pretty excited about. Um, I don't, I have, I, I, I have been saying I've never had a guitar with two humbuckers before, but I, I have, I have, um, Briefly, I had a 90s, like a 1992 Paul Reed Smith, like one of the original 90s ones that I had when I was a teenager, uh, which I think today is worth uh, like tens of thousands of dollars, probably something like that. A super nice guitar. I didn't really know what I was doing with it at that age when I was 15, 16 years old. Thank you, Dad, for getting me that guitar and for taking me to the store later to trade that guitar in for a like a Fender Blues Deluxe amp that I got rid of like a year later and eh. <laughs> but hey here we are here we are I'm I'm super fucking jazzed to get this gu- guitar uh the Charvel ah, in uh army drab other guitar news I put the old the the original pickups back into the Matito caster, the uh, the really shitty, the guitar I got for $128 that I put several hundred dollars into to make it the, the instrument I used on the album. Um, I used Fishman Fluence pickups in that guitar, which are really fancy, supposedly noiseless pickups, and I was getting a lot of problems with them. Um, but those were the pickups I used in that guitar, and that was the one electric guitar I used on the album, Microorganism. Um, I... <laughs> finally sent those pickups back into Fishman for warranty work because it was it had been less than a year and they were under warranty and 
they're going to send me brand new pickups, a brand new loaded pick guard, and a brand new battery pack. Uh, they found some problems, and so until I get those back from Fishman, uh, which will be soon, um, I thought it would be fun to just as a project and a fun thing to do for and by myself uh, to wire the old pickups back into the Matito caster. So I've been having fun the last couple of days just fucking around with that. Uh, those things sound terrible, but also like they're kind of fun in a greasy, dirty, junky, funky kind of way. <sighs> Anyway, guitar stuff, guitar stuff, really, really exciting. It's fun to get back into guitar stuff. It's fun to get back into songwriting. I worked on songwriting a little bit last night, dipping my toes back into the songwriting waters, dipping my songwriting toes back into the songwriting waters. Um, I'm excited for the next batch. Uh, Anyway, that's not why we're here. Let's get back. uh, Let's go back to January 2021. Oh, quick sip of water, which means uh, in like probably 45 seconds, there will be a quick break for a burp. Ah, yes, I'm sure you're growing accustomed to the unique rhythms and patterns of the Matt Collick Show. So yeah, January 2021, all that family shit happening. Um, mm, it was a heavy time in the world and in the country. And um, of course, there was the final days of the previous uh, presidential administration here in the, Uni- in the United States, all that. There was the whole January 6th thing, uh, which, look it up. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about what happened on January 6th. We we, we all know. The, eh, fucking clowns. Disgusting clowns. Um, clowns with all that weaponry, um, you might say. So family stuff. The anniversary of my brother's passing, January 5th. My brother John, he passed away on January 5th. Um 2011, which was uh, 10 years ago. Unbelievable. Um, Lots happened since then, let me tell you. I had written that blog post, but um, I had not heard anything from anyone in the week or so since it had come out. Um, I could see, you know, speaking of those statistics, those numbers, that data that uh, people in the world, in, in my life, in my family, were reading the blog post, were checking out the website, some of them continue to check out the website daily to this day. Um, thank you. Thanks for <laughs> sending uh, traffic to the, to the site. I appreciate it. Um, but I hadn't heard anything from anybody. Um, quite a contrast from the response I was getting from friends, uh, chosen family, and fellow survivors of the experiences I outlined in that blog post, again, entitled Dear Little Matt. You can find it on the website. I really was, um, honestly, like there was a lot of like hurt and a lot of like anger and a lot of like, like unpleasant feelings, certainly. And a lot of like expressing of unpleasantness and a lot of like vitriol came out. Yeah, this is family. That kind of shit happens in family. And I was honestly ready to heal. Uh, to transition to something, to take all the truth of my story into the story of my family. Uh, They were not interested in that. Uh, I have never heard from my sister again. Uh, She has blocked me (laughs) on social media, etc., etc. And various family members have stopped following me on social media, all that. Um, Yeah, I started um, my paranoid brain 
uh, started thinking, geez, what, what the fuck are they doing? Like they can't handle a blog post and me like telling my mom to fuck off. Um, which happened on January 7th. Um, I told my mom to fuck off. <clears throat> she had sent some weird texts to Annie, um, in a weird terse text to me, um, uh, just saying, call me. I think she was, she had called and not left any messages around the beginning of the year. Um, you know, the anniversary of my brother's death and all that had passed. And, um, yeah, she's, she sent texts to Annie saying, Hey, is Matt all right? What's going on? Are you taking care of Matt? Like, what the fuck? How insulting, how insulting, but I forgive her. I, I want to get past that. I can understand. I can understand. I don't agree with, but I can understand why that's her position and that's where she's coming from. Um, but it also really speaks to how she doesn't know me and doesn't care to know me, doesn't care to accept me for who I am and what I'm all about. Um, fucking crazy shit, man. Um, this is all happening, of course, and also in, in my notes around this time, I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself, Matt, you just need one big push to get this album done. So again, heavy time in the world, in my life. Uh, and I was really, throughout all this, I was actually really thinking a lot about the album too and pushing to get it done. Fucking crazy. Um, I did honestly want to heal. I had a lot of shit to get out too. And I still want to heal. And I still have a lot of shit to get out. Um, this is a big low point in my life. January 7th. Um, God damn. My mom, I remember on that call before we got into it, um, said, she, said that she had just been to the dentist. Um, I've been going to the dentist. I just went yesterday, in fact, uh, to get four cavities filled. Uh, I have three <laughs> appointments coming up in the next month to get the rest of them taken care of, but that's not why we're here. Um, man. There was uh, all this stuff on the anniversary of my brother's death, January 5th, um, on social media before I stopped following a lot of them because, yeah, fuck it. Social media, uh, they were remembering John, and then all these people are ignoring me and what I'm going through, the reliving of, tra of trauma, childhood trauma. Um, I was there for John. I was there for him. I helped him use the bathroom in his final days. I was there for him. Where were you? And now where are you for me? You, you tell me you're so concerned about me. Um, <laughs> and yet you cut me out. Um, great. Yeah, I, I see what you're all about. So anyway, this was such a dark and low time. Um being abandoned, gaslit by my family. Um, I've talked about all this before on the podcast. You can go back and listen. Um, man, talking about the album being a, uh, like just needing a push, but also like, fuck, this is not a priority. Like, how can I give it a push when all this is going on? Jesus. Um, after, 
man, I, I felt like really volatile on that day after talking to my mom. Um, went on a really long walk, as I am prone to do, and uh, came back and decided I, I, need to, I need to start seeing a therapist immediately, uh, like a, a good one to talk about this kind of shit. Uh, Annie put in some calls and um, we, uh, we found somebody. She found somebody who found somebody and we, we worked it out and I was able to talk to somebody the next day and uh, every, every week since. Uh, thank you. Thank you, my therapist, Venus, um, who's wonderful and uh, it's really, really helping me work through the shit. <sighs> so yeah, January. Hmm. Early January, um, Cassidy, my daughter, uh, she she turned 21 on the 10th. Um, I think she's one of the people who's no longer following me on social media. Um, around this time, I'm just feeling super irritable and raw, raw, angry. Like I'm still carrying a lot of that anger now and like flowing with it to the best of my ability and working through it and like you know, honoring it to the extent that it can be helpful. But back in those days, oh my God, so raw. Um, I was losing myself in the walks, losing myself in the guitar, uh, doing those Instagram live things with uh, improvised guitar solos and stuff. That was a lot of fun. That was that was a good time. I, I'm excited to get back into that. I definitely want to make that a part of the Matt Colick experience online as, as I, you know, get these electric guitars back and working in my possession. Um, yeah. In my journal, I talk a lot about uh, being open to working on the album. You know, I could work on it or I'll just watch a movie. I can do the self-care thing. Like there was a lot of that going on. Um, speaking of the dentist, I, I saw, saw the dentist yesterday, but I also saw him for the first time in about 25 years. This is why I have so many cavities, because I saw the dentist for the first time on January 14th. Um, and they revealed that I had to get one of my wisdom teeth removed. Fun stuff. I had to get my insurance together again and all that. Uh, so much non-album making stuff happening. Um, oral surgery was scheduled. Um, part of our quarantine crew, our, our uh, niece and nephews, the kids, who we see as much as we can. Uh, they're delightful, delightful little beings, uh, three of them. Uh, around this time, we made... Um, an escape room for them in the house here. We didn't go to one and uh, we, we tried to, man, we, we have the plan and we have all, everything written down. So we, we're, we're excited to start doing it for our friends uh, and adapt it to maybe different places as we move forward. But anyway, the kids solved it in about 38 minutes. We had hoped that it would take the full hour. But anyway, shout out to Eddie the Elephant Edwards. Uh, the character, the main character in the escape room uh, storyline narrative that we created. That was a lot of fun. That was a that was a really fun creative project that had nothing to do with anything <laughs> in my life at that time, except for focusing on like what's going to be the most fun and challenging for those kids. Um, while those kids were here that weekend, I received a letter from my brother, which I think I've talked about on the podcast. That was a damn thing. Um and so, yeah, that's when I returned from a pretty long hiatus of the show with episode 16, the return of the Matt Collick show. Gosh, I'm glad to be back. This is like the sixth episode back, I, I guess. Um, man, 
just feeling so condescended to and disgusted and like all these memories of and traumatic memories are, are coming up and like surfacing at that time. I remembered how I lost my mullet, which was like violent and like, haha at the time circumstances. But looking back was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with you people holding me down and cutting my hair off? And then like I come home from school and like nothing happens. The fuck? What the fuck kind of fucked up culture did I come up in? So glad to be away from any of that. God bless you, Wisconsin and cold cultures, but not my thing. Um, nice, Nice to visit sometimes. Like maybe we'll hit Door County once every six or seven years, but oof. Yeah. Um, Around this time, getting into the Terrence Malick movies, uh, Badlands, Days of Heaven. Um, oh, what's the other one? The Thin Red Line. Um, and, uh, oh my God, my, my favorite one, one of my top five films of all time, The New World. Um, that's such a great movie. So emotional. I processed a lot of the emotional stuff through watching those Terrence Malick movies. Watched the Frank Zappa documentary. Man, so much. So much not working on the album. I was thinking about taking down the blanket fort here in the studio, which, of course, I had set up um, to record vocals. But now it was just kind of making shit like super inconvenient in here. And I wasn't working on the album. And yet that thing was up reminding me of the album. Um, I had been leaving it up just in case I needed to redo any vocals, but it was just kind of getting in the way. Uh, watched MacGruber. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Thank you, MacGruber. Um, there was more talk of leaving this house, going on the road. Uh, we thought we might be living in a bus for a little while. There was just all these different things popping up and then kind of receding. Um, man, started putting, I started putting the lyrics for the tracks on the album on the website. Um, watched a bunch of movies the last weekend of the month. Um, I talked about these movies on a special bonus episode of the podcast, which can be found, that can be found on Patreon patreon.com forward slash Matt Colick. Uh, we watched Space is the Place, the Sun Ra movie, Purple Rain, the Prince film, The Devil Wears Prada, Born in Flames, the aforementioned Gruber. Uh, preparing to get that tooth extracted at the beginning of the next month. There was all that pain in my body. Uh, carrying so much pain. It was manifesting as like chest pains and like pains in my trapezius. And thank goodness, like I knew what it was all about and didn't like, overthink it and like overreact to it and I just had to work it out stretch work with a lacrosse ball and like like fucking find the nodes in my muscles where I was holding the tension and uh thank you release release uh so glad I know about that um and and that kind of pain relief which is like kind of going of course toward the pain to relieve it uh you, you there's no way around it but it's so worth it so relieving um, February 2021 had my tooth removed on ground, Groundhog Day, February 2nd. That was that was a pretty psychedelic experience, and it went pretty well. Um, I had to refrain for a week from smoking cannabis, so I ate tons and tons of edibles. Uh, there was some oxycodone too. Got to be careful with that shit. Uh, sedation is so fucking weird, man. Um, around that time, I was preparing to be on my friend Jasmine's podcast, Archives for Aliens. Uh, shout out to Jasmine. 
Uh, she lives in the St. Louis area, um, and she has a, the aforementioned Archives for Aliens podcast. I was on episode 14 of that program. Of course, Microorganism was conceived on March 14th and released on May 14th, 14 months later, and I was on fourteen uh, episode 14 of Archives for Aliens. Hey, Jasmine just purchased a copy of the album Microorganism on Bandcamp. You can do that, too, uh, to support me and support Annie and support our lives and support the music. And uh, thank you so, so much, Jasmine. Shout out to you. Um, I, I really, really appreciate you. Your art, Unis Mundus art, um, is the is the moniker she goes by for that purpose. Um, I'm, I'm looking at her art right now. Um, really happy to be connected with her and, and the community we're a part of. Yeah, so... Being on that podcast kind of provided me with a, a reason to get a couple of songs mixed and ready. I was going to try to get Jump on Top of the World with me and uh, Giving the Game Away ready because I felt like they were kind of the closest. If I really pushed, I could get those mixed and, and ready to go. Um, that did not happen. I ended up uh, giving her some acoustic versions of the songs uh, that I just recorded uh, special for her show, the podcast. And... Uh, but anyway, it, it kind of got me back into the making the album. Uh, we recorded that podcast on Super Bowl Sunday while the Super Bowl was happening. That was fun. Uh, so different from the Super Bowl 10 years prior where I was all in it. Um, yeah, yeah. So back into the album, starting to prepare for Annie's big birthday coming up, uh, getting people involved, people involving me. Planning on a big trip, taking the kitty with us, a lot of stress and anxiety with that, and the family shit is also happening, also going to therapy, also trying to work on the album. Uh, this is when I sent Byron some money. Shout out to Byron of ByronAmplification.com. Um, I sent him some money to start building me a custom amplifier, which I am really, really excited to uh, upgrade to. Um, I need to send him some more money soon and... Uh, See, see what the progress is on that. Um, don't need it, obviously, yet, but uh, also, like, yee, I'm excited. He makes nothing but the best shit for guitar. Um, I'm really bonding at this time and starting to get increasingly involved with the Church of Chill community, which um, Jasmine Unis Mundus Art, she's a part of. Um, there's just this feeling of trying to keep a bunch of plates spinning as I work to complete the album while also trying to keep the website updated regularly. Like, God, I haven't posted a blog in a while. I need to do another podcast. Like, just trying to keep the the, the fire going. Uh, so when I release the album, there's people. There are people to release it too. Uh, it's 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 a lot, but it's like that's that's kind of how it is. And I'm I'm doing all right. Doing all right, all things considered. Um. Man, there are times at this at, at this at this moment when I'm like at, at that moment when it's like, geez, I should get in there and mix, but I think I'm just gonna watch a movie or something, um, watch some TV, watch YouTube. Uh, I started spending a lot of time on guitar stuff again, obsessing a little bit again, buying more pedals, rearranging the pedal board. Um, got more pedals from Byron. Hello, Breathe Vibe, Viper Ninja, and uh, Deluxe again, again, Delay. Uh, got rid of the lucky cat delay the jhs uh lucky cat delay and some others um getting more and more anxious and stressed out as annie's birthday approaches with the with all the planning and travel and uh, with everything that's going on um 
man, I actually had a really big mixing day on February 21st. I, I realized kind of how much I needed to... I wasn't ready for mixing is what I realized. I needed to actually edit and comp parts that I thought I was satisfied with, but wasn't quite. Um, you know, I, I, I realized no amount of EQing or compression or reverb or delay or flanging or phasing or anything else was going to doubling, what have you, was going to make it better. I needed to really, really get down to the editing um, and tighten shit up that way before I got into like what is technically the, the mixing part. Uh, I, I thought I had done all the editing, but no, it's not good enough. I need to do more. I need to tighten it up. I need to get that fucker into shape. I need to cut a lot of shit, especially. Um, I realized um, I needed to actually record another vocal part for Jump on Top of the World with me. I wasn't feeling like there was a lead vocal. I had recorded all these layers, but it just felt like background vocals in the climactic, most important part of the song. Uh, we saw the sun around the corner, that that area. Um, and so, fuck, I need to record more vocals. Um, so I was thinking about that a lot and kind of feeling a little intimidated by everything I still had to do and how much more like there was than I thought there was. Um, ah, I, um, yeah, on... February 23rd, we had our big vinyl day, Annie and me. It was part of her birthday. I, I purchased a record player, a turntable for us and a bunch of records. Um, yes, we are into vinyl now. A um, bunch of records. Uh, it was just us at home with the kitty hanging out, listening to records and chilling out. And it was a lot of fun. It was great to take a break from everything um, that was going on in, in both of our lives. Um I got us, I think, eight or ten records to start, some classic hip-hop for Annie, some shit by some you know artists I like, Mahavishnu Orchestra, um, a Los Lobos album. Really cool to have like records now in our house. Since then, we've gotten a few more, including records by local greats, Alonerly and The Ordinary Things. Um, yes, there will be microorganism vinyl in the near future. Um, not a huge priority now, but... You know, we're focusing on the digital release now, but there will be a vinyl release at some point in the future. Ah, oh, man. We uh, we got up to Pagosa Springs on February 26th. We brought Montaquia the kitty with us. Woo! That was an adventure. But she did all right. We did all right. We got up there. It's like a, what is it, a six-hour drive, something like that. We, we fucking did it. Um, wow, what an amazing mountain getaway that was for, for Annie's birthday. Um was at a place called Mask Ranch, interestingly, during the pandemic, uh, Pagosa Springs, Colorado, but up into the mountains out of town um, on a gravel road with a gate that we had to have the code for. And it was an Airbnb, um, but uh, super fucking nice and rustic and beautiful. Um, there was there had been snow, so it was kind of cold and like we were like, oh, fuck, we were trudging through. We were just going to go on some walks. But fuck, it's like we were actually knee deep in some of these drifts of snow. Um, beautiful views, fucking hot tub every day, multiple times a day in that hot tub. Um, man, what a beautiful, beautiful time that was. And it was really great to kind of open up our minds while we were there, be in a different place, be in a different place with our family, me, Annie, and Matakia. Uh 
there were stairs, like um, stairs with like slots in between that that was like Montequia's favorite thing ever. How awful to bring that poor kitty back to this little place, but uh, we had to do it. Um, I actually worked on a little bit of songwriting up there, just a little, nothing finished, but I made a little bit of progress on some upcoming things. Um, yeah, that was February. March, March 2021. Damn. Mm. More water. I think I'm going to have another sip of coffee. Um, hang on. Ah, this room. Can you hear the room? Yeah. Mm. Ah, pow! <laughs> I almost just had an, a reaction. Um, March 2021. Holy shit. March, of course, was like, oh my God, it's been a year of pandemic, a year of quarantine, a year of COVID. Jesus fucking Christ. Um it started to feel again uh, once we got back from Annie's birthday and life got back to quote unquote normal again. Um, it started to feel like this fucking album had to come out. It was starting to become an irritant <laughs> for real at this point and, and like an agitation. Um, it had to be dealt with. I was not feeling good about it or like satisfied. Um, we got back from Colorado and I got back to work. Um, I started to notice more anger and irritability, um, largely, largely, I'm thinking of a lonerly, um, largely from the trauma, the childhood trauma, the family shit. Uh, my headspace was just so stressful. Um, I don't know if I really realized that until much later and, and, um, Kind of looking back at the notes, my journal entries from this time, and again, like this, that's why these podcasts have been like so long, uh, so it's taken so much time, and the making of them has been so, it's been a lot more than I thought was because just there's so much revisiting, and not only revisiting all that from back in February, March, January, February, March, but revisiting all the revisiting and and that time I was revisiting so much childhood trauma and so much shitty shit that in the last week or so as I've been going over those journal entries and making the notes for these podcasts it's been revisiting all that so ooh fractals fractals man oh there's that burp um yeah uh there were so many times I thought to myself um, I wanted to drive to Wisconsin and punch people in the face. <laughs> that kind of energy, that kind of energy. Um, thank goodness I had the music. Thank goodness I had the music. I was still like playing guitar and singing songs, going on long walks. Um, I had the music. Thank you, music. Um, I felt that the <laughs> driving to Wisconsin and punching people in the face would was actually a sensible thing to do with my time and energy. Oh, thank you for my therapist talk through that stuff versus spending a lot of, uh, wasting a lot of time and energy and money, uh, resources going to Wisconsin to hurt my hand on people who don't care about me. Um, I watched the Kurt Cobain montage of heck documentary around that time. God, so fucking depressing that documentary. I, I was getting a, a really into Nirvana music a lot more around that time. And, and it had continued as you'll hear later, uh, like learning songs Kurt Cobain wrote, but that documentary, especially the last half, the Kurt and Courtney stuff, the heroin stuff, the, 
the end days stuff, oh, so depressing. It was really reminding me of the days before my spiritual awakening, which was this that time, you know, six years ago. Um, yeah, wow. Um, in spite of all the darkness, um, particularly in the final half of that movie, I was really inspired by it. Uh, Kurt and his constant, almost obsessive need to create and put stuff out there. Um, I want to be more like that. I want to waste less time not making shit. Um, again, uh, I keep thinking about and talking about input and output. Uh, like there was a time in my life where it was all about the input, taking things in, and like there's so much to take in, and I want it all. I want to know about all of it. I want to be well versed on so much of it and all of it, all of it. Um, now I want to. I'm so full. I'm so full of stuff. I want to. I want to output. I want to write more songs. I want to record more songs. Uh, so, Kurt was just constantly Kurt. Kurt Cobain was just constantly creating and and making and releasing and like sharing. And there, obviously, there was a lot of stuff he didn't share in his journals. Which, um, I don't know. It's I don't know if it's right that all that stuff is now publicly available, but there it is. <sighs> yeah. Um, Man, like I said, the time and place, the feeling just before I had my big awakening back in 2015, um, I was learning more and more Nirvana songs. Um, I noticed a big difference between me and him, uh, Kurt. Kurt Cobain is how he embraced and accepted his own artistic nature as a child and as a teen in his in his 20s. I was always ready to have people tell me <laughs> what they thought of what I should be doing, and I wanted to acquiesce to them, um, and I thought that was the right way to be versus protecting and fighting for uh, being a champion of my artistic self. Um, Kurt Cobain was a champion of his artistic self. Uh, fuck the world. I am what I am. I, I know what I'm here to do. I haven't discovered that until recently. Um, that's why I, I only have my solo debut album out now. In spite of having, you know, the, the talent, resources, ability, uh, creative energy to have made an album all these years. Uh, eh. Anyway. So yeah, that was something that really, I don't know, all the Kurt Cobain stuff as uh, that I was thinking about that I was immersing myself in around this time was really having me think a lot about that um, and, and about myself. Um, I was also struck by just how like feral 90s people were. Uh, we just didn't know stuff at that time. We were just kind of wild, um, crazy. Like people are just more, more raw and more like just more feral. I don't know how else to put it. Um, we didn't know how to be, we, we didn't know how to talk about our feelings and all that, man, we've, we've really come a long way for as, as much as like people are, are hand wringing about the world being torn down. This is such a better place. This is such a better place where we have empathy, where we, we, we give a shit about people's feelings. And maybe the way we're tearing the old world down is inelegant. And maybe it's like, People are getting a little hurt along the way, but that's like it's not important compared to what's happening in the world that's that's emerging from the ashes of that one. Um, we're in such a better place now. Um, like I can talk about my feelings now, so can you. And like I I don't feel like it's like it reveals something awful or 
embarrassing or humiliating about me at all. Like it's what is special. It's what's good about me. It's what uh, connects me to other people. It's what connects others to me, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we've come a long way. Mm. So, um, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of low days in that first couple of weeks of the month, uh, like kind of just low grade depression, just kind of a lack of energy, a lot of hovering and hanging out just below ten on my scale. It's, it was getting annoying. Uh, we watched the uh, well. Actually, I watched it first, and then Annie watched it later. It felt it kind of feels like now that we watched it together, but we did not. That this is the life documentary about uh, the good life scene of uh, L.A. in the '90s, uh, featuring uh, people like Charlie Tuna, AC Alone, um, a, a lot of rappers, a lot of hip hop artists who like probably should have emerged and become more popular than they did, but. The focus at that time was on the New York scene and the gangster shit uh, coming out of L.A., not the positive vibes stuff of the good life scene. But so many talented MCs and artists. Um, and like it was one of uh, Ava DuVernay's first films, actually. She was actually part of that scene and as part of a duo whose uh, name I can't remember. Uh, she went by Eve at the time, but she uh, directed and I believe edited this film uh, about that scene, and it was really cool. Um, it made me think of man, I want a scene. I want I want a scene to be a part of, and like, like, is it? Can it happen in this particular geographical area? Gosh, I don't know. It's so hard to relate to people. Like, I respect the musicians here so much. There's so much talent, but it's like so hard to connect, and it's like. I don't feel the love so much. I don't feel like like when I'm pre- playing my brewer, brewery shows or whatever, like it's or like sending, you know, Facebook RIP my existence on Facebook, but sending messages or sending trying to promote myself on, you know, Instagram or anything where I have some amount of local reach, like it's it's just it's it's been tough. It's been tough and it's like there isn't like a place there here for me and and so at least not yet. And, um, and so I kind of want to, you know, part of the thing I want to get away from is thinking of the local scene as being important. And yet, like, when it works, it can be so rich and powerful and such a, like, a fertile ground for people to to really boost to the next, their careers to the next level and to, for people to help each other out. And um, I feel like my scene is not not in a geographical area. I feel like it's online. I feel like it's uh, in communities like Church of Chill. God bless you, Church of Chill. So yeah, um, interesting stuff. Um, our coffee maker stopped working around the 10th. We got a fancy new one, which I'm about to take a, take a sip of uh, some coffee it made. Pow. <laughs> that came in handy during the final push of mixing as it is handy today. Mixing was getting really frustrating around this time. I wasn't liking anything. I, I kind of hated everything on the album. I was thinking a lot of stuff was just fucking dumb and uninspired. Um, I started getting lost, not only in guitar shit, but the latest Adam Curtis documentary, Can't, can't Get You Out of My Head. Oh, so many ideas. <laughs> uh, that was a big distraction with my late night uh, dives into YouTube. Um, is trying to jump into a new and different timeline. How do I get to the place where the album is finished and it is good? It felt so far away in March. Uh, 
There was yet another round of doing day job stuff. God damn it. <laughs> um, edits for the final book I ghost wrote for my one of my clients. And hopefully that's the last the last shit I ever have to do. Um, I started recording new vocals for one of the sections in Jump on Top of the World with me on March 12th. Uh, remember, I had to... I had the realization that there was no real lead vocal line, so that's what I did on March 12th with a handheld microphone. Um, that was pretty fun and cool. Like, I was just playing guitar and, like, singing songs one day, and I thought, ooh, my voice sounds good today, uh, good enough to record a take. And so that's what I did. Um, I was starting to feel actually a little more confident as the month wore on, uh, feeling a little more focused. Um Especially on getting rid of stuff, uh, getting rid of guitar parts, uh, getting rid of like percussion parts or and or bringing them down a lot more in the mix or like just taking them out and having them just pop in for little parts. Um, that started to be a way for the where the album really started coming together and where like the energy of the songs started to like kind of surface and emerge and. Like, uh, like I started tapping my foot more <laughs> along with the songs. I started bobbing my head more along with the songs. Um, Killing My Darlings, Making Space, important stuff like that. Um, the Devo album, Freedom of Choice, I think 1980, 81, something like that, was really inspirational around this time. Not that my album sounds anything like it, but like just the way it was arranged and the way it was mixed. I was really inspired by that. I uh, started getting serious about integrating the creation of visual art into my world. Collages. Um, I made a couple of them. Uh, shout out to uh, the Rift Reveals, the control panel at the center of the universe, numbers one and two. Uh, one belongs to the artist Analog Sunshine in on Instagram. Find them in their work. He, who happens to be a master, world-class, uh, I shouldn't say master, a world-class collage artist. Um, the other one belongs to Annie, Annie Sanchez, who you will hear later in this episode. Um, we watched the Grammys. Boy, that was a snooze fest. Uh, we started getting really into the idea of container homes, uh, watching all the YouTube videos, celebrated the 15 year anniversary of my appendix removal on St. Patrick's Day. Who was that guy? Um, during a post-game interview after defeating the Philadelphia 76ers, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Bucks, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, my favorite team, said he was just trying to focus on, quote-unquote, having fun and being present. This is the key to it all. That was such a fun reminder. Uh, he has something figured out. And uh, so thank you, Giannis. That was exactly what I needed to hear at that time. That kind of recalibrated me a little bit. Uh, started getting even more confidence toward the end of the month. There was a little dip around the middle of the month, though. Um, but I don't know. I was working hard on getting Annie's parts into shape. This was uh, a lot more challenging than I expected it to be. But it was like feeling like it was worth the effort. Um, on March 22nd, I wrote that I thought I could have the album out on April 16th or 23rd. Um, which, hey, those dates are around 4.20, just like the original plan. Um, also around this time, I watched the David Crosby documentary, Remember My Name. Um, man, his girlfriend taking the kitty to the vet. That story. Have to be careful. <sighs> um, I was realizing just how much, like, more and more just how much tightening up the mix really makes things sound better. 
Like it isn't about the compression or EQ. It's about like doing the little things. It's about like taking like the vocal phrases and like writing the the volume, writing the the fader and making like the parts like that need to be louder, louder and like making the parts that need to be lower, lower um, before it goes into compression, before we put reverb on it, like making sure the parts are lined up like rhythmically as tight as they can be, like not making everything like exactly on the grid. No, not, not that. Um, although sometimes that can be fun and useful, but like, like just kind of like we have the ability to make the phrasing exactly what it should be the way it, the way it, as Bob Dylan would say, the way it sounds like a record. Um, so let's fucking do that. And so that's what a lot of this time was about. just making things tight, tight, tight. Um, yeah, even using pitch correction. Yes, definitely. Um, I feel like that's how good records are made these days, particularly if they have to be made by one person. It's hard. It's really hard to get like good vocal takes and to like comp those vocal takes and to do it all myself and to like kind of feel good about it, but and then feel like I'm done with vocals, but then go in and realize, ah, shit, they kind of sound like shit. So, um, yeah, there's some pitch correction. Uh, and like I think I said in the previous episode, hopefully it sounds like there wasn't pitch correction, but yeah, there was. There was um, on vocals and other stuff too, but mostly vocals. Um, yeah, behind the scenes stuff there. This is how albums are made. Um, it would be cool to do something without pitch correction. I, I would love to be talented enough as a vocalist, and I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I want to get to a place where I can work with coaches and stuff on this stuff and get really, really fucking good. Um, but that's, that's how it is, and that's how Microorganism got made, and I'm all right with that. Uh, shout out to Melodyne. Um, feeling good about stuff. Then, all of a sudden, the laptop. Man, my MacBook Air, my 2017 MacBook Air, takes a shit. Can't mix anymore. Things were going so fucking well. I had a plan. I felt like I knew what I was doing. Then this shit happens. Fuck. I didn't know what to do. I felt totally stuck. I didn't give a shit for a few days. I kind of had to stew in my frustration. Fuck. Um, eventually, I realized that I would have to acquire a new machine. Um, I was working with Studio One support, PreSonus support online. Uh, they were not particularly helpful. Um, they, they were trying, but they were not helpful. It was like everything was going so well. And then like the next day, like it just couldn't handle playback of my mixes. Like what the fuck is going on? Um, I have to admit, I was surprised that it had been handling the mixes so well up to that point, given like, you know, it was just like eight uh, gigabytes of RAM and like the hard drive was like teetering on being full and like, <laughs> almost overflowing and like, you know, not, not the best fastest machine. And yet it was doing so well. And I was like, all right, you're, you're working. And like, this is, this is going well. I'm like getting really close to being done. And then all of a sudden, nope, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so man, I just kind of felt the fuckets for a while. I like, I started watching a new show, the expanse. And I think I got like three episodes into it. Uh, man, kind of low days for a while there. Eventually I felt like, no, 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 no. This is not what I'm here to do. Um, will I get back into that show though? Um, people like it. People love it. 
Um, I was feeling pretty low, really low at the end of March, in fact. I was getting pissed off at everything for not working. It was a bad time. Uh, like, my instruments stopped working properly. Like, there's the Matito caster, which I talked about the pickups, and I was getting really frustrated about that shit again. Uh, getting frustrated at the K acoustic guitar I had acquired um, over the summer. Like, it was doing this rattling thing. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, nothing works. My laptop doesn't work. I'm supposed to finish this album. Like, I can't even play any music. And it's just, just fucked up. Um, in spite of that, I did, like, work on those collages. And I made a video for uh, the Church of Chills Art Exchange. Um, Studio One was able to handle that, thank goodness. Um, we got... An opportunity to schedule appointments to get our first Moderna shots for on April 1st. Damn. Now we're fully vaccinated, but wow, that all came together so quickly and it was so exciting. Uh, we watched, or I watched rather, uh, on YouTube, Surveillance Cameraman and Vagrant Holiday. Um, I was like, ah, I need thrills. I need something in my life. Like I'm looking for like something changes. Um, like new, new opportunities, new adventures. Like, um, like if I'm not going to be working on this album and I can't play music, eh, what am I going to do? Um, I did my taxes on the last day of the month, uh, with Annie's help. Uh, I'm a person who does their taxes now. <laughs> and, uh, I was hoping to get some money to get that new computer so I could finish the fucking album. That's, that's how March ended. Woo. Mm. Pow. So yeah, April, April 2021 rolls around, man. Celebrated the six-year anniversary of my spiritual awakening at the beginning of April. Uh, you can listen to the podcast for that, for that story. It's episode five of the podcast. Uh, my half birthday rolls around. I'm thinking, oh my God, I, I'm going to be 45 soon. <laughs> That's on April 2nd. April 2nd is my half birthday. I have to finish this fucking album. Um Feeling a little woozy in the in the days after that first shot, the first shot we got on April first, um, started playing around with the idea of living on the road for a while. Um, again, motivation to get this album done. If we're going to hit the road, I better have that album done, right? Um, considering re-entry into the world, what that looks like, what's the protocol for being vaccinated? Um, no more quarantine life. Uh, we we want to get our bodies back into shape. Um, right now, Annie's doing a little bit better at that than me, but I'm doing my own thing and getting there. Um, getting, getting my people skills back into some kind of shape, uh, eat a little better, less sugar, actually no more sugar, uh, cut back on beer, alcohol. And, uh, as I'm recording this, uh, I haven't had alcohol since early April, uh, basically since April 1st, but like I did have, uh, I think 64 ounces of beer on April 9th or something like that. Anyway, uh, cutting back on cannabis. Uh, I was thinking about all that stuff on Easter Sunday. Uh, again, listening to lots of Nirvana around the anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death at the beginning of the month. Got my stimulus check, ordered that computer, a new MacBook Air actually refurbished, which is how I prefer to get them with the M1 chip. Holy shit, it's fast. Um, there is, of course, a little bit of concern being like a new processor. Is it going to work with Studio One? All that. Um but I didn't care. I was just going to plow forward, and this has to work. Uh, the machine is so fast and powerful, um, formidable. Wow. Um, it's a huge relief. Um, and I learned, yes, it does seem to play pretty well with Studio One. Um, 
Also, no more excuses for not working on the album. I got the machine on April 8th. I have to sneeze. I'm going to just take a quick break. Woo! Man, these allergies, it's gotten breezy. Uh, Hopefully the weather, I don't know. Uh, I should take some uh, medicine. Anyway, back, back. Um, Yes, got the new machine on April 8th. Um, And so no more excuses getting that album done. DMX passed away on April 9th. He had been in critical condition for about a week previous. So fucking sad. Uh, Undeniable, unforgettable artist. Um, Yeah, what what a loss. Um, I released episode 19 of the Matt Colick Show podcast on April 9th. Um, On this episode, I made the official announcement that the album would be released on May 14th. So got that computer. It's working. No more excuses. I'm announcing a release date. Getting this fucking album done. So that's when I announced the uh, release date of May 14th. Whew, and I stuck to it, right? I was kind of scared to say it, but it made it real. I could not fuck around anymore. And it gave me a lot of fucking momentum. Um, I integrated like, you know, like a, a, like sort of a nice routine, like a, um, a practice routine on the guitar um, into like I would I would into my life. I would get up and make breakfast, eat it, do this practice on the guitar, which would be my transition into music for the day. And then, like, uh, part of that was, like, doing this thing on the computer in Studio One with the metronome, and um, that got me into getting into Studio One for the day, and I got into a nice little routine. It, it felt pretty good. Um, and it was fun to, like, be able to integrate my life and playing guitar into it. Um, that being said, on April 14th, um, five days after I announced the release date, I, uh, and one month before the release date, ooh, I was not feeling too good about the album. I was feeling kind of shitty. I was not satisfied with the music at all. Like, uh, everything sucks. Fuck. Now what, what am I going to do? Um, like I was having trouble just in this room and like just feeling frustrated and like started looking into getting studio space, rehearsal space outside the house and like. Jesus Christ, maybe if I get out somewhere, maybe I can like focus on the album some more, all that, because it was just so hard being frustrated on the album, being at home, excuse me, um, and being distracted, like, fuck it, I'm going to go play with Montequilla, I'm going to go like watch something on TV or like go to the Bosque and walk around or, you know, whatever. Um, that, w- that was a little frustrating at that time, early, like with about a month to go, I told the world, sort as it were, um, about the album's release and put a date to it. Um, fuck. Um, it was kind of a struggle figuring shit out. Um, but like that was really a huge theme in the whole making of the album, having the space, having the time, like feeling comfortable, feeling safe. And like we both from work from home and like there's a kitty in our lives and like this room kind of sucks and it's like getting fucking hot in here because of the sun and the west facing window in the afternoons when I like to work fucking tripping over mic stands and cables and like guitar stuff and god damn it um stuff like that going on so yeah started looking into rehearsal space it ultimately didn't pan out I <laughs> Ultimately decided, fuck it, I'm going to just plow through and make it work, maybe at least through the end of the month and at least through the end of like the album cycle, May, let's say. Uh, And so 
got to a place where, okay, fine, <laughs> basically it, it's going to work. And like, I talked to Annie about it and she's like, fine, I'll spend like, I'll be more deliberate, deliberate about spending time at, at the office away from the house and get this album done, et cetera, et cetera. Started watching this show behind her eyes on Netflix. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, lucid dreaming and remote viewing themes of this television program. That's fun stuff. Uh, I figured out the big twist uh, ahead of time, but that's fine. Still really good. Um, at this time, and that was a good distraction from going in and feeling frustrated from the album. And then I would come out and like watching that show, I was able to let my subconscious sort of work on the album as I was focused on the TV show on my stories. Um, every once in a while... Ooh, raise up my chair. During that time, I started feeling like, ooh, there's a crack of light. <laughs> the light being my feeling good about the album. Uh, every once in a while, this crack would emerge, would open up, and like this light would come through, and I would feel good about the album. Um, yeah, things are starting to change. Like there are like good feelings popping up every once in a while. Um, I bought some of my first cryptocurrency on April seventeenth. Yeah, that's a thing now. Ooh, today on May 21st, though, god damn, the markets fucking suck. And I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Uh, everybody I know who knows anything about this shit um, says to just keep holding on. So here I am holding on. And honestly, it's not that bad. Um, yeah. Um, and I believe in it. I'm having fun with it. That's the whole idea. And how grateful I am to be in a place where I can do that. I started really dialing in the mix for Everybody Needs To, uh, the track one on the album featuring Annie on the 17th and 18th of April, uh, really dialing in those tracks. Um, the high holidays, April 20th, 19th and 20th came and went, the most uneventful high holidays for me in quite a while, actually. Man, this is all like stuff that's starting to feel like really recent now because it actually was. Um, like the album was pretty far from being done still at this point, but mm, actually pretty recent. Uh, we watched Speed for the <laughs> the second time with the kids. It's become like our go-to movie with them, which eh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, but here we are. Um, there's a bomb and a bus. I remember watching that so many times when it came out in the theater. It was like the movie to watch that summer of, I believe, 94, right? Um, damn, having lots of fun with the cryptocurrency, my relationship with money and my mindset around money is changing around this time. Uh, God, that feels good. It feels so good. All those stories, those old stories melting away and new stories emerging, which got to, got to keep my eye on those, but, uh, they're so much better than the old ones. Um, having fun with it. Uh, I eventually had my proper checkup and cleaning at the dentist. My teeth are so much nicer now. Um, 13 or so cavities, something like that. It feels really good to get that shit taken care of after so long of not having that taken care of. Um, we start finalizing our de our decision to get a different vehicle and hit the fucking road. Uh, there's momentum again. Momentum. Get that album done. We... Uh, we realize we keep staying in this house as a means of getting out of this house. There's this weird fucking cycle where it's like, okay, here's what we got to do. We're going to buy a house or we're going to do whatever to get out of this house, but we got to save money or whatever. So we got to stay in this house because we're not going to find anything better. And so years pass and we're still in this fucking house. 
we just got to get out of the house, even if it means we don't, we aren't sure we're going to be able to um, like pay less money or like keep our budget the same and all that. We just got to break that fucking cycle because that's the only way it's going to happen, right? Uh, that's the idea anyway. And that idea started to emerge around uh, around this time, uh, late, mid to late April 2021. Man. I started really, really craving, um, like I said, it was an uneventful high holiday season. I started really craving a proper psychedelic experience again, too. Man, it's it's really weird how I've been mostly in a non-psychedelic sp- uh, space slash place for so long. Like, it's really been a while. And for me, considering how my life has been, like, like so tied to psychedelics for so many years now, since my awakening in 2015, like... Like I've done a little microdosing and I haven't had a proper journey in a while. And like, I'm, I'm a little, like a little scared and it's going to take some, like, like easing my way back into it. It's, it's really interesting. Um, but I'm, I'm really craving it, especially late April. Um, I sent my guitar pickups back to Fishman around that time. I started doing research for the next guitar around that time. Matito Caster 2, I'm wondering, um, yeah, I started thinking, this is the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to buy something as, as a reward for completing the album. Further motivation. Um, uh, what will happen to the the original Matito caster, I'm wondering? Unclear. Uh, got the second Moderna shot on April 29th. Ooh, that knocked me out. I was really sick for the next few days. Uh, wasn't mixing the album. Damn. And it's the end of the month. We're coming up on May first, and I'm, uh, and it's like two weeks. I've got two weeks get, to get this done, which means one week to get it done because I'd like to get it sent off to to the uh, distributor in time for the them to make sure it, it gets out to the streaming services and, and such. Oh fuck! But anyway, I I leaned into the the feeling sick and the not being able to do much, uh, the white blood cell stuff, and I watched the pedal movie. That was fun. Uh, watch the pedal movie you can. It's all about the people who make guitar effects pedals. Um, man, I actually bought it on YouTube so I can watch it any time, and I will watch it any time. Fuck, we're getting really, really close at this point. I'm going to take another sip of coffee. Ah, pow. All right, let's get into May 2021. This, <clears throat> excuse me, at this point, fixing the vocals in a big way, uh, really dialing in, focusing, uh, diving in and drilling in, choosing, fixing and being really focused, careful and deliberate with the vocals, really riding the volume to get the vocal amplitude right, the phrasing right uh, with the volume and how it fits in with the, with the rest of the music and like and bringing the rest of the music down into the places where it needed to come down to, to ensure that the vocal was highlighted properly. I spent a ton of time on this. Um, Some might say too much time, but and and maybe I got a little obsessed, but I feel like it is one of the things that it's necessary. If, if, if an album's going to be good, that's, that's, I feel like that's, that's something that has to happen. And that's something that needs time needs to be spent on that. Like a lot of time needs to be spent on that. I'm glad I, I focused on that and prioritized that. Still doing so much tightening up. Um, and that's around Cinco de Mayo, I have written here <laughs> the early part of the month. But fuck, 
The seventh is when I got to deliver it. If eh, uh, just tightening up, cleaning stuff up, cutting more and more stuff, being uh, as much as I can unemotionable, 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 unemotional about cutting stuff. God, there was so much that didn't end up on the album. Crazy, crazy. Uh, with just a few days to go, I was still not really mixing so much as preparing to mix. Still like technically kind of editing stuff. Like I wasn't doing any EQing or compression. Like I took all that shit out and like, like, like basically removed all the EQs and compressors and reverbs that I had set up on the mixes earlier. I said, fuck it. I'm going to make it sound as good as I possibly can, as great as I possibly can without any of that stuff. And and that's what it was really about. Um, yeah, like no automation even, except for kind of writing the vocal stuff. Um, yeah, really, really crazy. I, I finally got what I felt like was a good static mix done on the evening of the 5th. Um, I'm watching lots and lots of YouTube videos about mixing, learning things as I go, like things come up. And so I look it up and figure it out, just fucking powering through. We get to the final four days of mixing, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, May 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th. Damn. Damn. Like, uh, man, time distortion, like Thinking back about this now, it's so crazy. Fuck, man. I got, um, I finally got everything on the same page. Like I, I could go through each individual song file in Studio One, open it up and feel like, okay, I feel good about this and I feel as good about it as I do every other track on the album, every other song on the album. Um, and I know exactly what I have to do, but I'm not like having to go back and do stuff on this track that I'm like way ahead of that on, on another track. Like I'm on the same page. Um, that feels really good. And at this point that allows me to like, just kind of go through the tracks systematically one by one, fixing, adjusting what I can, like super fucking focused, uh, staying up super fucking late, not getting as much done as I had hoped. Um, you know, each day I would sit down, eat breakfast and kind of like figure out, okay, what's realistic that I can get done today, given the timeline, given I need to upload this motherfucker. Like I get it, you know, I realized I'm not going to obviously get it uploaded on the seventh, but if I can get it uploaded Sunday night on the ninth, that'll fucking work. I think, I think, I hope. Um, and so I was like making notes about what I felt was realistic about what I could get done that day. And then every day it was not quite getting there. Uh, I was getting, getting, um, but, but still somehow remaining on schedule, making progress and feeling like, yeah, I'm going to be able to deliver this Sunday night. Um, it's funny how that shit works. Like you, you're not getting stuff done and yet you're getting stuff done. And it's like, oh, wow. It, it's, I guess it's working. Um, making so many decisions, so many fucking decisions, uh, exhausting, exhausting work, making so many decisions, but staying focused. Um, I started feeling so anxious, really feeling it in my stomach every day. Like is especially the early part of the day where I'm making those notes and realizing I hadn't got done as much as I had hoped the early, the previous day. And, oh, fuck, it's already two o'clock. <laughs> oh man, my stomach. Um, Every day in those last four days, man, should I just, I could just take a day off and that would feel really good and it would be nurturing and like, 
Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be so, so nice? Oh, you could just rest and hang out with Mantequilla and watch a movie and, like, smoke bong hits. <laughs> and then, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing to push push it back to the 21st. But then it was like, oh, no. Then I knew that just wouldn't be possible because I would just feel anxious about, oh, and then there's going to be one more week of this? Like, it was just, no, I have to, have to plow through. Have to, have to, have to. Oh, man. That time, that time, that was something. Um, I was getting done every day really early in the morning, um, <laughs> like two, three, four in the morning. And then my, I would eat a hamburger. I would go out and fry a burger or eat a hot dog, uh, smoke a bowl with a full belly and watch YouTube mixing videos between 3 and 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Oh, my God. Uh, I got through the automation all the stuff I wanted, like panning and and uh, volume stuff like that, making sure I had all the fades, uh, uh, all all that kind of stuff, uh, like automating some effects here and there. Um, and I, as I think I had mentioned, I didn't use as much as many effects as I thought I would. Um, I got that shit done. Um, Damn, by the weekend, by the final two days, I was adding EQ, compression, reverb, delay, and and more of the other effects. Um, yeah, again, like not as much of those spacey like verbs and delays and effects as I thought. There just simply wasn't a, enough time. Uh, but the important thing was that I was satisfied with the static mix, with the performances, with the rhythm, the pace, and like I was bobbing my head and tapping my feet, and that was that was the important thing. And I felt good about the vocals and the lead parts. Um, and it's like kind of a blessing in disguise because it I didn't get a chance to overdo any of that shit. Um, like I I didn't get a chance to overdo it, nor did I feel like I had to compensate or, or overcompensate for anything or compensate for anything, I should say, by using effects and reverbs and shit. Like I, I really like looking back, I, it was actually the sweet spot, like not enough time to overdo it, but like enough time to like, like add, add enough or I don't, I don't know what I was saying, whatever. Um, yeah, I had a dream with my old friend Liza in it on the sixth. Liza passed away in 1998. Um, this album is dedicated to her, among others we have lost, other beloved people, other beloved beings. Um, shout out to Carmen. We lost Carmen, uh, since the album was released. Um, I talked a little bit about her in the previous episode. She's my friend Darcy's precious, precious, beautiful, amazing kitty cat. And, uh, she was almost 21 years old. And uh, she left her body this past week, I think on Monday. Uh, an amazing, an amazing, legendary, special animal. And uh, ooh, my heart hurts <laughs> that she's no longer in the world. Special, special baby. Um, I was thinking about adding her to the dedications, but then I thought, no, no. I think it's important. Like, Carmen was still around when I released this album. So that's that's pretty cool, right? I love you, Carmen, you sweetie. Oh. I'm crying. Yeah, yeah. Special baby. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Love. Love your animals. Love your animals. 
Spend time with them. Give them your love. You're going to miss them when they're no longer around. Of course, they're still around, but man, it sucks that they're not in those cute, cute furry bodies. Yeah. Damn. Anyway, uh, God, missing Liza too. Shit. I wish she could hear the album. All that. So yeah, I I miss people. I miss beings a lot. Whew. I put the uh, the old computer up for sale earlier in the month. Uh, finally started to get some bites uh, in the final days of mixing the album. We got our new car on Saturday, the 8th, as I'm going through the final mix. That was one of the things Annie was able to do to get out of the house and leave me alone here, was to go fucking buy a new car for us. <laughs> She's so good at that shit. Um on Sunday, actually on Saturday, Saturday night, I stayed up way late and I actually got a master done through the algorithm through Lander, which I will never use again for mastering an album, but that's how I decided it was going to be done this time. And it was really, <coughs> excuse me, really the only way I could get this album done and mastered. Uh, I got a version done Saturday night, and I, I li- but I really couldn't listen to it because it was too late, and I live in a house with my sweetie and a kitty. And so Sunday morning, I listened to it, and it was like, Meh, I got to fix some shit. And so fixed some shit, made another master, and we drove around with it on Sunday the 9th in the new car, our big drive, like driving up the, the shitty road that goes to the top of the mountain uh, in it. That was fun. Um, man. Drove around, I made some notes on the mix, on the master, and then when we got back, uh, ate some food, and stayed up all night, and made the final mix, and made the what ended up being the final master. Um, I did a lot of tweaks that evening. I was so, so tired. Uh, I made the final mix. I made like two masters, and had to decide between two of them, and it was after midnight. Uh, I could barely keep my eyes open. Um, I I chose the one I ended up with, which I feel good about that choice. And really, it was just like I had to trust. I had to trust that all the decisions, all those many, many decisions that I I did them intentionally. I, I respect my previous self and the decisions I made. I know I made them with the best interests of myself and my career and the album in mind. And so here's the master. Like, I know my ears are probably a little fucked up right now. And uh, I got to write down these track names and make sure there are no typos, all that kind of shit. Um, and so I uploaded it to DistroKid. It was like I don't know, like 2.12, 2.15, like 2.20, something like that on the in the early morning hours. Of the 10th of May, 2021, I made sure all the all the notes and uh, not notes, but the, the titles were right, the credits were right. Lots of obsessive, tired-ass checking and double-checking and triple-checking. <laughs> but I finished the goddamn thing and I went to bed. Ah, holy fuck. I think I had a hamburger again that night, <laughs> that early morning, frying up a fucking burger. Uh, before I went to bed at like four four thirty in the morning, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, 
Monday and Tuesday, the album was finished, uploaded, out of my hands, nothing more I could do. Uh, and I didn't put any pressure on myself to do anything on those first couple of days after uh, after I uploaded it. I you know I made a couple posts to social media. I interviewed Annie back on uh, on that Tuesday. Um, damn, and but I just allowed myself to rest and oh my god, it's listening listening to music just for fun. It was so good. Um, it felt amazing. It sounded amazing. Just making myself some food. Um, not feeling that anxiety, not feeling that awful, awful feeling in my stomach. Um, just having let so much go. Um, I was getting like these back spasms because I was hunched over the computer for so long. Mm. Now I have hiccups. So yeah, those those days, those couple days after finishing the album, oh, that was such such a good feeling. Um, I decided I didn't want to listen anymore in the couple days after I finished the album. Oh, so fucking sick of it. Um, it's out there, out of my hands. Um, I sold that laptop, um, the computer that most of the album was done on, uh, the re- the one I actually recorded all the parts on. Um, everything was recorded on that one and then mixed mostly out here on this, on this new, uh, MacBook air with the M one processor. I sold it to a guy who was purchasing it for his daughter's birthday. Nice. Uh, this guy, this fellow named, he's a public, public person, Robbie Rothschild. He's a solo singer songwriter about my age. And he just released his like first solo EP, six songs. And it felt kind of like making a connection, similar to how I felt meeting uh, John from from Deerhoof uh, back in the summer of 2020 on that Craigslist and uh, meeting in the parking lot of an Applebee's when I bought that pedal board and power supply. Uh, he's a fantastic musician and singer. Uh, it was really nice to meet him and chat and, and have that transaction. And like, it was really cool. Um, his his music is amazing. Look him up. Robbie Rothschild. Um Lots of synchronicities happening. Um, fun fact, Robbie knows Kip Winger, the Kip Winger of all people who uh, produced and mixed his album. Fun, fun. Uh, his EP album, whatever. Um, interestingly, the, the astrology for this time is all about making connections, mixing it up with other people. Uh, this is definitely proving to be true. Fuck. Um, that week also, I, I put the album up on Bandcamp. Um for pre-order people started buying it and that was fun it was up for pre pre-save on spotify i started finally getting notifications that okay okay it has been delivered to the stores everything has been approved it's 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 going to be released on in time um giving the game away was the first single from the album basically i put it out there it was the uh, the song people could listen to if they if they went to bandcamp or pre-ordered the album um Thursday, I started like I was working on these podcasts, making notes, and like it was getting late. And then Annie yelled out, Oh my God, it's on Spotify. And holy shit, it was on Spotify at like 10 o'clock Thursday night uh, on Thursday the 13th. And from that point on, holy fuck, it's out in the world. And now here we are. Here we are. Wow, that was the making of microorganism, friends. <laughs> holy shit. Um, Damn, I'm going to take a, a break here, and uh, wow, here here we are. It's May 21st now. The album's been out a week. 
and uh, I've told the whole story of making it. And now I'm going to take a break and then I'm going to come back and we're going to get into tracks six and seven on the album. Jump on top of the world with me and Everybody Ascends featuring Annie Sanchez. Uh, Please stay tuned. I'll be right back. Hey. 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 Woo. I'm back. Uh, Back to talk about tracks six and seven on my new... New album, Microorganism. Matt Colick, Microorganism. It's the first time an album has been released under the name Matt Colick. I am the first one to do it. I'm the first one who's ever done that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it contains seven songs. I've talked about all the other songs in uh, the previous uh, episodes leading up to this one, episodes 20 and 21. You can get those on your favorite podcast uh, platform. Whatever whatever platform you use to listen to this, it's the same one you can use to listen to those. Um, yeah, during the break, I, I noticed I got an email from Apple Music for Artists. Uh, the weekly recap, May 14th through 20, the first week a microorganism has been out there in the world. And this is just Apple Music. Uh, not This is not Spotify or any other streaming service, but total number of plays, 65. 65 plays on Apple Music. Thank you for those of you who listen on Apple Music. Uh, Apple Music pays a little more than the other streaming services. Uh, it pays more than Spotify. Um, and one Shazam. Uh, Apple Music for artists is the, is the platform through which artists uh, can track how many Shazams they're getting. So, you know, the, the app Shazam, which... You hear a song playing and like, oh, what's that song? I think it's cool. Um, so uh, then you you turn on your Shazam and then the Shazam recognizes the song. Uh, that is something that people can do with my music. Um, I had to pay a little extra for that. Uh, but yeah, if, if you hear, if someone hear, hears my song and Shazams it, it will come up. And so that has happened once since the album has been released. I think that was me doing that on the song Undercover all along. Um the most played songs, the top three. Everybody's got a beard of bees these days. Fourteen plays. Everybody needs to by uh, featuring Annie Sanchez. Thirteen plays, and then jump on top of the world with me, uh, with nine plays. Um, interesting. Uh, everybody's like I said. Everybody's got a beard of bees these days. This is kind of emerging as the kind of main standout track on the album. Uh, of course, the number two song with thirteen plays. Everybody needs to featuring Annie Sanchez. Uh, that is the first track on the album, so that's naturally the first track on any album, gets a ton of plays, uh, and then Jump on Top of the World with me at number three. Interesting. Top Cities, uh, top three, Los Angeles is number one with uh, 23 plays. Thank you, L.A. I love you. I love L.A. Um, I, I truly, honestly love L.A. Um, Albuquerque, number two, 16 plays, and number three, Chicago with 11 plays. Cool. Yeah. And that's the data I just received from Apple Music for Artists about the first week of Microorganism. Um, I wanted to mention the title of today's episode of the podcast, episode 22 of The Matt Colick Show, is Jump on Top of Microorganism. So um, we're going to have Annie Sanchez back to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the final track on the album, Everybody Ascends, and uh, I have a little bit more to say about that, too. Um, but let's get into Jump on Top of the World with me, the penultimate song on the album. 
This one, much like the, the second track on the album, Everybody Needs It, was sort of a pain in the ass. Um, like, this is one I knew all along, all along, that I wanted to just kind of be voice and guitar. Like, at a certain point in time, I... Um, I plugged my Breedlove acoustic guitar, which has an onboard active pickup. I plugged it into this little 5-watt amplifier I have, and I thought, ooh, that sounds really cool. And I thought, when I thought it sounded really cool, that it would be cool to have Jump on Top of the World with me be based on that guitar sound. So uh, I recorded it. Put the SM57 on the speaker. Uh, I, I believe it's a little 10-inch, or maybe it's... Yeah, I think it's an 8-inch speaker on that amplifier. Um, also uh, split the, the sound of the guitar direct to the Focusrite interface and blended those two so sounds. It's mostly the amplifier sound, um, and that's the guitar sound on that song. It's just this weird, break, broken-up kind of kind of almost bad sounding but not quite uh it sounds kind of cool i ended up doing that performance in just one take kind of singing it in my head as i went along uh, trying to give it sort of the right arc of intensity and emotion uh with just the guitar performance that i would sing over later um and i think i talked about that as i went through the chronology of the making of the album um i used the flashing light as a metronome, the flashing light on the metronome app on the phone, so I didn't actually hear the metronome, but I could look down and refer to the light if I needed to kind of get back to home base of uh, 45, I think it's 45 or, yeah, 45 beats per minute, I believe. Um, or is it 42? No, I believe it's 45. Whatever. Um, I added a little Marshall amp saturation to the guitar at the very beginning in that opening chord, which is like a, a D9. Um, it is, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, uh, drop, double, double drop D tuning on the guitar, so D-A-D-G-B-D. And uh, that Marshall saturation sound, I kind of ramped that up. After that first chord, it dies down completely, and then it ramps up slowly into the climax of the song, and then backs off again. Um, and yeah, it's that Breed Love guitar through the Mono Price Stage Right amplifier, uh, mixed with a direct signal a little bit. I don't think I've ever performed this one live. Um, I thought <laughs> this one would be super simple to mix. Uh, like I started with mixing this one, this one and giving the game away, but really this one because it's, hey, it's just vocals and guitar and I have like all these vocal parts to choose from and I've got this guitar part I'm happy with and I wanted to have it ready for the archives for Alien podcast, Aliens podcast and oops. Um, but I got all the vocals done, got the layers figured out mostly. Uh, like I said, there was no real lead vocal, so I ended up adding that with the dynamic microphone, just handheld. Um, like I said, I was playing some songs one day, liked the sound of my voice, so pulled up the song on the computer and fucking sang it. Um, that worked, and this song obviously is the starting point for the final track of the album. It, it blends into, or everybody ascends, the final track on the album blends out of this song um this song is god if not 
It is one of the hardest songs in my catalog, in my repertoire of originals to sing, if not the hardest one to sing. I don't know if I will do it <laughs> ever live. It's just such a pain in the ass. Um, like I can't just, and I couldn't have it like just a straight up natural vocal performance. If you've heard the album, um, like I had to do a lot of a lot of stuff to it to kind of make it so it sounded good. Talk about pitch correction. Uh, actually, not as much as you might think. Uh, this one didn't have as much as other songs, but there was definitely pitch correction involved in the process of getting that vocal right. And I hadn't, I never really even thought about like what a band arrangement of this song would be. But um, even though this wasn't one of the original songs I thought would be on the album when I conceived it back in March of 2020, is not long after I added it to the to the track list, it became like sort of what the album was about in a lot of ways. Like, how can I get a good version of this song done and out there? Um, and then this will be like I can be done with this song. I won't have to worry about doing it live because like I just I have a version out there. I feel good about it and uh, <laughs> done. Um, so that became a lot of what this album was about. If I could finish this album, that meant I could finish Jump on Top of the World with me and have a version of it out there in the world that I felt good about. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how this song is and how it will be. Um, the tempo did change. Uh, I did think... Oh, here, I have it written down. 42 was too slow, 60 too fast. I settled in at 45 beats per minute. Um with the tempos, I, I do numbers that are divisible by three, evenly divisible, d- divisible evenly by three. So that's why we have 42 and 60 and 45 and things like that. 87 for one song, 90 for, or 93 for another, uh, 120, 111. These are the tempos I like. Um, the climax section of the song, the section where I had to record a lead vocal eventually, after the main vocal parts had already been recorded, you can hear the screamy parts in the background. Man, I spent so much time standing in, in front of the microphone screaming, thinking that's what would be the main part. But, ooh, that did not work for the main part at all. It just, it's like unarticulate, kind of lacking clarity, but it's like, it works well as like, like character as color underneath. Um, so, yeah. Not usable parts. Um, I thought they were really good and usable after I recorded them. I even wrote down, ooh, those scream parts are really good and usable. They were not. (laughs) But uh, I'm glad I recognized that and eventually recorded that main part. Uh, Like I said, they're still there, adding color, emotion. Not the main thing, though. Mm. Guys, guys. Um... Yeah, I want I want to talk about everybody ascends, but first I, I want to talk about kind of the production of the two Annie tracks. You heard Annie talk about um, everybody needs to featuring Annie Sanchez on episode twenty of the podcast, but I didn't really get in, get into my thoughts about it. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to take a sip of water here. To feel love, joy, and yeah, how about a sip of coffee too? So much coffee, man. Pain reminds us of our human. So, 
Uh, everybody needs to. Man, the bass line in that one changed a lot. It was going to be just me playing bass guitar, just nice natural tone on the bass guitar, like this bouncy little part. Kind of a heartbeat part. Do don't, do don't, do don't, do don't, do don't. But after I started arranging the vocals and, and like, you know, putting, putting, putting the song together and... I realized, fuck, <laughs> that does not work. It's It kind of takes away from what the energy of the song wants to be. It kind of makes it sound slower and less exciting than what it needs to be. And so I took the, that bass part out that I spent so much time <laughs> getting right. Um, and I ended up with this synth part. I just found a synth patch I liked. And then, I, and then there was this like um, envelope pattern generator thing that you can do and that's how it ends up with the which gave it a lot more energy a lot more momentum um i don't know honestly if it works the best with the parts the percussion and everything that i recorded there are some parts of the song where it it feels like it kind of breaks down a little bit or it's about to break down and my water just almost spilled everywhere Whew, but I'm, I'm just waving my hands around as I talk, which is what I do. One of these days, we're going to get video on the Mad Colic Show podcast. Uh, but it, I, it's one where I, I listen to it and I feel like it sounds like it's about to break down in certain parts. But fuck it. That's that's part of the charm of it. It's like it's like a thing that wants to exist. And it's like getting up and running. And it's like stumbling a little bit. And um, it's there to kind of present some amazing ideas and some cool like I talked about early in, in the podcast so much depth to what Annie had to say uh, in, in the part that she wrote and performs in this in this song everybody needs to so I changed the bass line um, the idea for both of these tracks the bookend tracks of the album the Annie tracks was to kind of start small and build and build and build and bring stuff in in layers um, I think of everybody needs to kind of as an overture. I, I think um, a lot of the stuff on that track is stuff that does show up later on the album. If you listen closely, like it introduces like the, the weird like household items as percussion and stuff like that. And a lot of the parts and a lot of like there's slide guitar there. There's you know different electric guitar and acoustic guitar parts and um, me singing. Um, all, all that kind of stuff is, is present there um, in a way that it, it, that that primes the listener to expect those those sounds, those textures later in the album. At least that was the idea of it, and, and to build all that up in layers. Um, yeah, honestly, um, I think about these two tracks and, and doing... Because they're not conventional, they're not song songs, they're, and they're like spoken word performances supported by music. Um, and so looking back, if I had chosen to do conventional songs instead, it, I have a lot of songs, I've written a bunch, I could have picked a couple songs to add and done those, but I, I, I thought it would be easier to just extend the album out to seven songs and closer to a half hour by doing spoken word things and like just composing some simple music to go with it and like enlisting Annie and um, but it was a challenge it was a challenge and like just kind of arranging those vocal parts to like fit in nicely with the rhythm of the songs and all that that was a lot more and I really really wanted to honor 
because it wasn't me, it was even more important to make sure Annie sounded good. Um, like she, she got us most of the way there with her performance, but like, you know, there's stuff with production that can really liven up a, a, a vocal performance and, and make it sound good and make it sit well in a mix and make it fit well with the music and, you know, and to fit well rhythmically with the music, especially there was a lot to do um, on my end to honor the performance that she gave and to make sure she's happy with, with what came out. And so, yeah, it was a lot. Maybe it could have been faster and, and I don't, wouldn't have been better, but it would have been maybe faster and easier to do uh, if I just added a couple of quote unquote conventional songs. But um, I'm so I'm so grateful to have had Annie on the album and th- thankful for her contribution contributions. Like that's that's what makes it an album. That's what gives it depth and dimension. Um, man. That first track on the album is 120 beats per minute. It's the fastest track on the album. It, it's crazy that like. The al- the tempos on this album are generally kind of slow, um, and after the first two songs, especially, really kind of <laughs> kind of like mid tempo at best. One twenty is the fastest. It's interesting, and as I'm out there, when I'm out there playing songs on the acoustic guitar and breweries and such, I play a lot of stuff that's over two hundred beats per minute, and a lot of people like notice my that I must be influenced by punk rock. Uh, this album doesn't really represent any of that. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, Annie's voice. I, I wanted her natural voice to be the thing, but wanted to like kind of elevate it. Wanted to do some pitch shifting and layers, uh, do some staggering of the vocal parts, different takes that there were to work with. Uh, there's the what's happening at the end of Everybody Ascends that I wanted to like stick in there that wasn't like something that was planned i just had it recorded and caught it on the microphone that day um (laughs) so i put a delay on it and like whoo that's a fun way to close the album i love it yeah the first thing was to kind of place the phrases within the music in in the song like visually like to parse it out uniformly throughout the the song and then like go in and rear uh, you know arrange it so it lined up rhythmically um annie didn't perform to the music but it really worked out well uh, the way she paced it uh, generally speaking uh, and that's because she is a music person even if music is not her main thing and even if she's not a musician she is a music person and i love that this brings her more into my world <laughs> Uh, Annie even has her own Spotify profile now. We got to get that updated uh, with the proper information and bio and photos and everything. And we have to get her signed up for ASCAP too, so she can collect her share of the songwriting royalties. How cool is that? That's really fucking cool. So yeah, getting these two mixed properly was really important. Um, these two were uh, the bookend tracks again, one and seven. They were the first rough mixes I got done and ready to listen to. Um, we listened to Everybody Needs To in the car one day, um, like several weeks, like probably three weeks before I really got in or before the release of the album, uh, probably three weeks before, maybe four weeks before, no, three weeks before uh, that the day we drove around and actually listened to uh, the album and the, the final day of mixing. Man, there was just too much reverb, um, but it was actually pretty close to how it ended up turning out. Um, that was like the first car mix I made. Um, 
And he had some really useful and creatively correct notes about like the layering of stuff and how the song built up. Um, The beat used to come in a lot sooner. Everything was a little more impatient and she urged me to make things more patient, have things build a little more slower and that worked out. Um, Like there's the breathing on that track, which is me breathing, but then I pitched it down like two steps or something like that. Uh, she encouraged me to have that be kind of the main rhythmic thing for longer with her voice. So that, that was really cool. I'm really proud of her for like not being freaked out by some of the creative choices I made, like leaving the what's happening and like there's some choices I made and like she's like, cool, that's that's cool. <laughs> um, it's on the album. Like she wasn't embarrassed by it and now it's out there. Um, really, really happy about that. Uh, eventually we played or I played both of the songs both of the Annie tracks for the kids Uh, I noticed Kaikala was dancing around Uh, he is the one who is probably the most touched by music they're all musical kids but I think he's the one who's got the music in him the most one of his his attributes and like he was feeling the rhythm feeling the beat and dancing around so boy that was a really really good time Uh, (laughs) and a good sign I tried to use as many instruments as possible, uh, especially on this first one. Everybody needs to. Uh, the very first guitar I, I had, I ever played on when I was a boy that I found in the basement growing up, uh, this Delray nylon string acoustic guitar, which was never used as a, as a guitar on the album, but it was used as percussion. And that's kind of the uh, the flange. Like that thing, that's an acoustic guitar that I did a bunch of like severe EQing and flanging on. Um, it got used there. Um, I think I used every, like the electric guitar, the the bass, uh, even though I cut the bass out, I used the Breedlove and the K and like all the percussion I ended up using on the album was used on that song. Track one. Um, joy. On um, Everybody Ascends, the guitar part is obviously derived from the jump on the world, a jump on the world, jump on top of the world with me guitar part, but it does, it goes to some different places. It's like a variation on that, obviously. And with this one, I did uh, do the click track. So I did um, Everybody Ascends, or rather jump on top of the world with me with the click light (laughs) showing the tempo and then everybody ascends with the actual click track to get like because there's percussion and drums and i wanted it to you know to get it right and to get it steady throughout the the uh, duration of the track Mm. all right we're almost there we're almost there ah yeah so um I, d- I recorded the guitar part for Everybody Ascends, it, which is very similar, but I recorded it with the same setup on a different day than when I recorded it, uh, recorded Jump on Top of the World with me. Same setup. I added the K guitar uh, playing a part farther up the neck. I added that a little later on. Um, yeah. Back to Everybody Needs To, uh, the idea with that one was to oscillate sort of between B-flat and C because it was going to go directly into Everybody Needs It, which is in the key of D. So I wanted to kind of hang out in a certain space going back and forth, B-flat, C, B-flat, and then from C up into D, a, pl- a brand new place it hadn't been up to that point. 
So um, that that was the idea. I don't know if that's kind of how it comes off, but that's why it's in the like it oscillates between B flat and C. That's why I chose those those keys. Um, yeah, I um, I had to change. Everybody needs it to match. Everybody needs two. So you heard me talking about how I changed. Everybody needs it from acapella to something with instruments. So I had to keep that energy up. Um, that was that was like those those two have to work together, and so that's that that's how it ended up being what it ended up being. Um, everybody ascends. I wanted that to be like jump on top of the world with me, as you heard me say on uh, Jasmine's Archives for Aliens podcast. Um, like it's post-apocalyptic, and so I wanted that to be the vibe of everybody ascends too. Um, I wanted it to be like abrupt in its ending, which it is. I don't think there's any keyboards on it. It's like organic. Um, everything is like actual audio recorded with a microphone. I think there there is like a, like a fake snare drum and a fake uh, kick drum. Yeah, but that's it. And um, a post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic, like, oh my God, we're in the world. It's ended. What are we gonna do now? Um, that was the idea behind the music. And then it just ends. It cuts off. Uh, it doesn't fade out. Cuts off, and Annie's voice uh, goes off into oblivion. Um, I need to take a break. I'm about to bump up into some some files that I don't want to record over. <laughs> just a second. Okay, okay. Post-apocalyptic. Um, I heard Bob Mould of the band Husker Du. Maybe I read this. He said... One of the things he likes to do is leave people feeling like, oh my God, is he okay? At the end of his albums. I think that's pretty cool. And so that's that was kind of the idea with the end of this album too. Like to kind of end abruptly and to have Annie's voice kind of back into space, into oblivion and like, oh my God, what's happening? And hopefully that gets people, that's one of the things that primes and prompts people to listen again. It's a very, very highly, highly re-listenable album, isn't it? Microorganism by Matt Colick. Uh, I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of uh, how Everybody Ascends keeps building and building. Uh, and like, I did a really good job with that, I think. I'm proud of how it turned out, how it completes the album. I uh, I hope people make it this far. It's the song on the album that is the least listened to because it is the last song. That's just kind of how it works. But I feel like people who make it that far, who take the journey from track one all the way straight through track seven, that 27 minutes and 55 seconds or whatever it is, I think they're rewarded by uh, making it all the way through. So uh, thank you, Annie. Thank you for your contributions to the album. Um, let's get back to that interview uh, with Annie Sanchez, who is on Everybody Ascends. Uh, after after the interview segment, I'm going to come back and wrap up the episode. So uh, stick around, friends. Be right back. Community near and far. Impact here and there. Friends, I have Annie Sanchez back. Annie Sanchez. <laughs> back, back on the Matt Collick Show today. Episode 22. We're talking about track seven on the album, which is called Everybody Ascends. The final track on the album, it's one of the um, pieces that I had Annie write the words for and perform. You heard her talk about track one, Everybody Needs To, on episode 20. Um, I'm going to... Hey, Annie, how's it going? Good. Welcome back to the show. Um, Everybody Ascends comes out of the song 
um, jump on top of the world with me, and then it, it, which fades out, and then it fades back in with a similar guitar part, and then you start talking about how everybody. Safety. I'm going to hand you this and show you these words, and um, what, what do you think as you as you take a look at those words? What does that make you feel like? Now and tomorrow, for as many generations as it's they're inspiring. Like I would read this and be like, ooh, I want this on like dry erase board. Did I say last time we talked that the other? piece was the light one or the dark one you said the other one was the dark one in the night i interpreted it as the light i put it in the light one spot and i put this one in the dark one spot yeah and as i'm reading this i'm feeling a lightness really okay. which is what was behind the writing huh. um because the music it goes to is definitely the more like heavy somber piece it's not the lighter mm -hmm. piece that's that's interesting i like it better that way contrast yeah yeah, they're still relevant. <laughs> they 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 make sense to me today. Yeah. In the way in the same and I can remember riding them. Mm -hmm. Literally sitting on the bank of the Rio Grande right near you know on the Bosque here by our house. Mm. And I can remember the day that I wrote them. This one took me a little it took a little while to get yeah. to. I think it was like I wrote them maybe 6 weeks after the first one. Oh. The first piece. But as I'm looking at these words on your iPad right now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and it feels right still and applicable now, mm -hmm. today. Everybody Ascends. That's what I chose as the track title. You didn't call the piece that, um, that's the, which is the final, the final line in the piece. What, what do you mean when you say everybody ascends at the end? What's, what's on your mind when you say that? Everybody knows. It's like multifold. Mm -hmm. We all die. Mm -hmm. We all ascend to a different realm eventually mm -hmm. when we leave our bodies. We all do ascend in our lifetimes, whether we resist it or not. We shift and change and morph and grow, even when it doesn't seem like we are. But definitely, 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 it is, I know the intent, and it f feels true now, like, we all die. I mean, really, at the heart of it, we all die. So what are we doing right now? What are, what do we, what do we have right now? What do we feel right now? What do we need right now? Because actually, that's what matters in this moment. How did it feel when you um, when you heard the piece for the first time? Your voice matched up with the music and, and everything I, I did with it. I started crying. <laughs> I remember crying when we recorded it too. The first take oh. brought tears, like which caught me all both times. Caught me off guard. Caught me off guard during recording. Like whoa, the first. I, and I think. Maybe this was the first one we recorded. Did we start with this I, one? I don't remember. I, I, I seem to remember it the other way around, but you could be right. But either way, I know that I cried, like just in a, a little short spurt, like a, this wave of emotion came over me, reciting them, mm -hmm. these words, many months after writing them, after all the things that have occurred over the course of last year had happened, and then hearing it for the first time after you had mixed it, 
you know, recently was like, whoa, it, it, it's like out of body. Um, cause it, it touches on a different side of me. I, I, I do, I like, I really, really love writing. Mm-hmm. Every time I write a blog post, I'm like, I really should blog more. This feels really good to write and to share my thoughts. I love writing my email newsletters. Like, I don't know, newsletter's not even the right word. Like, it's like, I'm often thinking of things in the moment, at the moment. And I'm like, I'm going to write a thing. I'm going to email my people and I'll do it. And I'm constantly getting people's responses like, oh my God, it feels like you're writing to me. And it's like, I am in a lot of ways. So I know there's a creative person inside of me but I haven't necessarily associated myself as a creative writer and I'm not suggesting that I am right in this moment either but there is this interesting creative side of me that I'm like oh yeah that's that's there too she's in there too yeah that's beautiful baby thank you yeah, and, and there's absolutely the creative side. I think that's a that's that's a part of you that doesn't get it quite as much sunshine as, as other parts. And I'm, I'm happy to have provided an opportunity for you to express that. So thank you for contributing to Microorganism. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Uh, anything else? And and where can, where can people find you? Hmm. I just want to thank you for inviting me into your album, your debut album to share the space with you in the little way that I did is like a true privilege so thank you for including me for thinking that what I could possibly contribute would be worthy of what you were making what you've made and I'm just so excited that it exists in the world now and that people get to see the type of creative person that you are. Um, so thank you. Thank you for including me. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Thank you for sharing this life with me, for choosing me over and over. Um, people can find me on my website is the best place. I have two, I actually have three websites, but you, mariposastrategies.com or anniesanchez.co are the best places. Claritypages.com too. I'm on Instagram a lot, especially in my stories. Um, yeah. Excellent. What's your what's uh, who's your favorite musical artist? Erica Badu. Okay. <laughs> who's your favorite rapper who who you almost married? Common. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. All right. Anything else you'd if like you, to add? If you if you die early, I may still marry him. Um. Uh, just I love you, and I'm so proud of you. Hmm. I'm proud of you too, baby. I love you too. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Everybody ascends. What's happening? Okay. Wow, that was really nice. It was nice to have Annie back. Uh, how about that Annie Sanchez? Uh, without whom, microorganism would not be as cool as it is. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, Annie. Uh, you can check Annie out at uh, in, in her work and everything she does at mariposastrategies.com. She also has Annie Sanchez. Dot, I think it's a dot com. Don't, uh, I, damn it, I should know that. 
Anyway, MariposaStrategies.com is the is the best way to, to check out what she's up to. Eventually, we'll get that Spotify profile taken care of, um, so you can check her out there. Who knows? This is this could just be the beginning of a brilliant, brilliant recording career for Annie. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 22 of the Matt Collick Show podcast. Jump on top of microorganisms. Speaking of which, jump on top of that fucking album. Let's get those streams up. Uh, it's it's available both for streaming on virtually every streaming service worldwide. Uh, so whatever you stream on, uh, find the album, listen to it. Uh, listen to it again if you like it. Add it to some playlists. Tell your friends. Um of course, we're going to be talking a lot more about the album coming up in the coming weeks and months here on The Matt Collick Show and elsewhere. Stay tuned for more information on the uh, 7700 Challenge uh, that I, I'm excited to get you guys involved in. Uh, I really appreciate the the response so far to Microorganism. It's It's been amazing, just amazing. I, I my expectations were very low to non-existent and like people have really been like overwhelmingly positive in, in their response to it and purchasing the album, listening to it repeatedly and uh, like giving me compliments and like, like not just saying nice things, but actually saying things that are like, oh my God, you listen to the album and like you, you get what I'm going for. Yes, it works. Um, that's very, very satisfying. Um I heard from John from uh, John Dietrich from Deerhoof who listened to the album. Uh, he said he was blown away and he th- he thought it was inspiring. Um, amazing! Like John, your music is super fucking inspiring too. Obviously, Deerhoof's music is like very close to my heart. Um, good times, good times. Um, so thank you, thank you. Let's jump on microorganism and keep riding that fucker. Um, get on the mailing list. Uh, go to the website, mattcollock.com, M-A-T-T-K-O-L-L-O-C-K.com, uh, patreon.com forward slash mattcollock. Like I always say, there's going to be more stuff over there. Uh, Patreon is going to be very important uh, in the coming months as we do the 7700 challenge. Uh, the album is available on Bandcamp for $7 or more. Um, you can listen to it on your streaming service of choice. It's also available for $7 on the website. Um, Bandcamp does allow you to pay more for the album. Um, so if you want to give me a little more money for the album, use Bandcamp. Uh, however, if you buy it from my website, it, it, there's less of a cut that taken uh, for, for the transaction uh, if you can only afford to pay $7 for it. So that's the deal with that. Ah, yeah, yeah. I don't know when the next episode of the podcast is is going to be. I I've been talking to some people who uh, who um, are interested in, and I'm interested in having on as guests, and so some stuff is actually actually in the works. Stay tuned for that. Um, wow, I didn't think this one was going to be more than two hours again, but here we are. <sighs> this concludes microorganism release week, <laughs> Friday, May twenty first. Uh, jump on top of microorganism friends i love you so much uh, thank you for listening thank you for um for 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 your support of me and my career in the album uh, we're we're entering a new phase now and it's very very exciting like the songs have been written the uh, like i've gotten myself into performance shape i've, I've risen to so many new levels and levels in so many areas of of, of my life and my music um alongside my partner Annie who is such a big uh, significant and huge part of this album the experience of making it I'm just rambling now I'm gonna go thank you so much friends we'll see you next time this has been episode 22 of the Matt Collins show I love you peace out shine on